0: We'll look at the scriptures now and have our time of study. Today we shall consider the reign of Jehoram of Judah, the eldest son of King Jehoshaphat. As we have already seen in the past couple of weeks, some bad decisions were made by Jehoshaphat. For example, he made an unholy alliance with King Ahab of Israel, which resulted in a failed attempt to restore Jabesh-Gilead to Israel from Syria. Ahab was killed by a Syrian archer in the battle and Jehoshaphat was rebuked by a prophet of God upon his return to Jerusalem. Also, something that we didn't get round to looking at last week was that King Jehoshaphat made an alliance with King Ahaziah, the, the son of Ahab, to build ships. Then Eliezer the son of Dodovah of Marishah prophesied against Jehoshaphat saying because thou has joined thyself with Ahaziah the Lord have broken thy works and the ships were broken that they were not able to go to Tarshish. However all in all Jehoshaphat was a good king of Judah in that he removed most if not all of the groves and high places where idols were worshipped, and he prepared his heart to seek God. For example, he sought the Lord before going into battle when the Moabites, Ammonites and Edomites came up against Judah. On that occasion, the Lord destroyed all the enemy. As it is written in 2 Chronicles, chapter 20 and verse 24, And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies, fallen to the earth, and none escaped. In contrast, Jehoram, who was Jehoshaphat's eldest son and successor to the throne of Judah, was, as we shall see, a wicked and murderous king. According to 2 Chronicles chapter 21 and verse 5 Jehoram was 32 years old when he began to reign and he reigned 8 years in Jerusalem. The first hint that we get that King Jehoram was evil is in 2 Chronicles chapter 21 and verse 4 where it is written Now when Jehoram was risen up to the kingdom of his father he strengthened himself and slew all his brethren with the sword and divers also of the princes of Israel. As such, in order to consolidate his kingly rule, Jehoram murdered all six of his brothers plus various princes or rulers of Israel. It is written in, it is written Israel in verse 4. But Jehoram's kingdom was not actually the northern kingdom of Israel. Rather, it consisted of the two southern tribes of Judah and Benjamin, both of which used to be part of a united Israel. In King Jehoram, we can see just how wicked the human heart is in that he killed his own family for the sake of power, even though there is no suggestion that his brothers had even plotted to overthrow him. Nothing has changed. For example, since taking power in 2011, Kim Jong-un of North Korea is said to have purged a series of senior officials, including members of his own family, who represented a threat to his leadership. For example, Kim's uncle was executed in 2013, and his half-brother died in Malaysia in a chemical attack in 2017. Although the world, including more than a few naive Christians, seem to imagine that people are essentially good, the Bible makes it very clear that people are rotten to the core. We see that in King Jehoram, and so many others in the Bible. And we're told very clearly in the Bible, for example, in uh, Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9, we are told the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? In line with that, the Apostle Paul confessed that in him, that is in his flesh, dwelt no good thing and incidentally the Apostle Paul said that many years after becoming a Christian. Also the godly Scottish minister Robert Murray McShane confessed that in his heart was the seed of every sin known to man. I mentioned that not long ago and I suspect that I shall continue to do so. It makes me feel a little bit better to know that I'm not the only minister who has every seed of sin known to man in his heart. And that's even as a Christian. The following assessment of Jehoram's reign is given in 2 Chronicles, chapter 21, verses 6 and 7. I'll read those verses for you now. Verse 6. And he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, like as did the house of Ahab. For he had the daughter of Ahab to wife, and he wrought that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord. Howbeit the Lord would not destroy the house of David, because of the covenant that he had made with David, and as he promised to give a light to him, And to his sons forever. The fact that King Jehoram did evil in the eyes of the Lord is hardly surprising, given that his father in law was the wicked and idolatrous King Ahab of Israel. As for King Ahab's daughter, Atalia, that is, King Jehoram's wife, her mother was Jezebel who was the daughter of the pagan king of the Sidonians. The early feminist movement coined the phrase, behind every great man is a great woman, and no doubt that is often the case. However, with King Jehoram and his wife Atalia, and also his mother-in-law Jezebel, it was more a case of behind every wicked king. Is a wicked queen. Although Atalia isn't mentioned in connection with the slaying of Jehoram's brothers, it's reasonable to say that she was equally guilty. She certainly gets more than a mention in the next chapter, which has details of her destroying all the royal seed of Judah. In verse 7, it is written, The Lord would not destroy the house of David because of the covenant that he had made with David. The house of King Ahab of Israel was destroyed by the Lord, but he preserved the house of Jehoram, who was a descendant of King David, even though Jehoram was just as evil as Ahab. So why the preferential treatment? For one thing, It is God's prerogative to destroy or to preserve according to his good pleasure. But also, if you turn over the pages of the Bible and stop at the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1, you'll find another reason. It can be seen in verse 8 of Matthew chapter 1 that the wicked king Jehoram, was a descendant of the promised Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to the flesh, sprang from the house of David. As such, although it may not have been immediately obvious, God was nevertheless working out his salvation plan. And so it was that He, that God allowed that line to continue and, until such time, the Lord Jesus Christ, was born in Bethlehem. As the Lord said in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 through to 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts you, you might like to remember that next time you wonder why why it is that wicked people seem to get away with the things that they do moving on to 2 Chronicles chapter 21 verses 8 through to 10 we can read about the revolt of Edom and also Libna I'm going to read verses 8 through to 10 in his days the Edomites revolted from under the dominion of Judah and made themselves a king. Then Jehoram went forth with his princes and all his chariots with him and he rose up by night and smote the Edomites which compassed him in and the captains of the chariots. So the Edomites revolted from under the hand of Judah unto this day. The same time, also, did Libna revolt from under his hand because he had forsaken the Lord God of his fathers. First of all, we can briefly consider the Edomites, also known as Mount Seir. Perhaps you'll recall from last week's study, and also, as was briefly mentioned at the beginning of today's study, the Moabites. Ammonites and Mount Seir came up against Judah during the reign of King Jehoram's father, Jehoshaphat. On that occasion, the Lord gave Judah the victory when Moab and Ammon destroyed the Edomites before turning on each other and destroying each other. However, things had become very different The Edomites, who had been under the dominion of Judah ever since King David's reign, made themselves a king, thereby revolting against Judah's dominion over them. Consequently, King Jehoram and his army went off to deal with that revolt. However, whilst Judah was dealing with that rebellion, there was trouble brewing back home with Libna, a town in Judah, revolting as well quite independently of edom the reason for all that rebellion is given in verse 10 as being because he that is king jehoram had forsaken the lord god of his fathers note it doesn't say the lord is god as it did for jehoram's grandfather king asa but it says the lord god of his fathers there's a big difference isn't there If by the grace of God you are a born again Christian, then the Lord God is your Lord God. You who were once in rebellion against God have been reconciled to God by his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has made peace through the blood of his cross. Consequently, the God and father of the Lord Jesus Christ is now and forevermore your God and your father. Coming to verse 11 it is written Moreover he made high places in the mountains of Judah and caused the inhabitants of Jerusalem to commit fornication and compelled Judah thereto. King Jehoram willfully undid the good work of his father Jehoshaphat and of his grandfather, Asa. He restored the high places for idol worship. Also, he caused the people to commit fornication, which in all probability included both sexual immorality and spiritual adultery. As such, Jehoram provided his subjects with the facilities to commit evil and he induced them to do so. He effectively turned back the clock, 70 years or so, to the bad old days of Rehoboam, the first king of the southern kingdom of Judah. During Rehoboam's reign, it is written in 1 Kings chapter 14, verses 22 to 24, And Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, which they had committed above all that their fathers had done. For they also built them high places and images and groves on every high hill and under every green tree. And there were also sodomites in the land, and they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. Sounds very similar, doesn't it? As I say, King Rehoboam had turned back the clock to the bad old days of King Rehoboam. We will now look at God's response to the evil that was committed during Jehoram's reign. I'll read verses 12 and 13. And there came a writing to him from Elijah the prophet, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of David thy father, because thou hast not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat thy father, nor in the ways of Asa king of Judah, but has walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, and has made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to go a whoring, like to the whoredoms of the house of Ahab, and also has slain thy brethren of thy father's house, which were better than thyself? Instead of walking in the godly ways of his forefathers, he walked in the evil ways of Israel, which he became intimately connected with and influenced by through his marriage to Atalia, the daughter of the pagan Jezebel, who was married to King Ahab of Israel. His corrupt heart had inevitably been negatively influenced by that pagan relationship. As born-again Christians, we are not to marry unregenerate people, neither should we have any desire to do so. As the Apostle Paul said, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion have light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement have the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God. and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. The charges that were presented to Jehoram by the Lord through the prophet Elijah were Judas whoring in other words fornication and also the murder of his brothers who don't appear to have been connected with the wicked house of King Ahab of Israel. I'm going to read verses 14 through to 20. Behold with a great plague will the Lord smite thy people and thy children, and thy wives, and all thy goods. And thou shalt have great sickness by disease of thy bowels, until thy bowels fall out by reason of the sickness day by day. Moreover the Lord stirred up against Jehoram the spirits of the Philistines and of the Arabians that were near the Ethiopians, And they came up into Judah, and break into it, and carried away all the substance that was found in the king's house, and his sons also, and his wives, so that there was never a son left him, save Jehoaz, the youngest of his sons. And after all this, the Lord smote him in his bowels with an incurable disease, and it came to pass that in process of time, after the end of two years, his bowels fell out by reason of his sickness, so he died of sore diseases. And his people made no burning for him, like the burning of his fathers. Thirty and two years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years, and departed without being desired. Howbeit they buried him in the city of David, but not in the sepulchres of the kings. Judgment came not just upon Jehoram, but the people as well. After all, they were far from innocent with their fornications. As for the sickness that Jehoram was afflicted with and that resulted in his death, It is thought to have been a severe dysentery. Everyone is afflicted with something or other in their lifetime, especially and most certainly death. To those who belong to Jesus, the afflictions work together for good and even death is gain. However, to be sick and in sin, sick and under the curse of God, sick and without the grace of God to bear it, is almost too is too terrible to bear it's a deplorable thing the Lord stirred up the Philistines and the Arabians to enter Judah and take away Jehoram's wives family and his riches only his youngest son Jehoaz was left behind how different that was to what happened during his father's reign for example In chapter 17 and verse 11 it is written Also some of the Philistines brought Jehoshaphat presents and tribute silver and the Arabians brought him flocks, 7,700 rams and 7,700 he goats. There has to be a warning in that for us as a church, and also each one of us as individuals. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Apostle spoke about the Israelites of old who lusted after evil things and committed fornication. God overthrew them in the wilderness, and 23,000 of them fell in one day. The Apostle said, Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they lusted. Wherefore, let him that think if he standeth, take heed lest he he fall. The antidote, as always, is to remain focused upon the author and finisher of your most holy Christian faith as you prayerfully seek to know him more and more each day, as you study and meditate upon his word, and as you let the word of Christ richly dwell in you. As the hymn writer said, more about Jesus in his word, holding communion with my Lord, hearing his voice in every line, making each faithful saying mine. Amen. Well come to our time of prayer. I should imagine that something that has been on everybody's mind is the possibility that we will be resuming our regular services at the, our church building. This is what this is the message we're getting from Timwald now that we can have services and we can just get on with it and uh, and so on but uh, we're still not clear on various things at the moment we would love to have some clarification from our political leaders we can pray for that guidance and a very clear message from them also we can remember chris again we prayed for her last week chris used to work with renee they've been friends for many years and uh, she had a fall last week, I think it was last week, or recently anyway, in her kitchen. And that resulted in her breaking her pelvis. And it's now been discovered that she's got several breaks in her pelvis. She's had complications with regards, uh or discomfort with the metal that's holding a femur together. Uh there are various compl- other complications in her. She's developed sepsis, she is in ICU, and it suffice to say that she's not in a good way physically. But worse still, by far, is that she is not a believer. She is not trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is not with her in this fiery furnace that she is now in. So we need to remember Chris. Also we can remember Doreen who has damaged her back and it's giving her a lot of discomfort. She can do precious little at the moment and she is due to go to England possibly next month to have surgery on her heart. So we really need to remember Doreen. Also we can remember Richard and Ross, both of them have asked for prayer. They're both applying for jobs at the moment. Also, please don't be quick, or don't in fact, forget the things we've been studying tonight. We've been looking at the life and the reign of King Jehoram, the son of King Jehoshaphat and grandson of King Asa. Jehoram did not follow in the footsteps of his father or his grandfather. They were kings who removed most if not all of the high places and they did what they could to put an end to idol worship in their kingdoms and they sought the lord and so on whereas king jehoram he did that which was evil in the sight of the lord and we need to pray that uh, we would not be like him we call ourselves Christians. We have a testimony of God's grace towards us, but even so, we can so very easily dishonour God and instead of doing the things which are pleasing to the Lord, we can, we can just go full steam ahead doing what we want to do, worshipping our idols, doing that which is evil in the sight of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, We do pray concerning the possible or imminent reopening of our church building. We pray, Father, that whatever we do and whenever we do it, it would be according to your guidance, Lord God, and it would be pleasing in your sight. And may your counsel prevail. We pray that where there is confusion, that that confusion would be cleared and that we would know precisely what we can do and when we can do it and to you be the glory when we do meet together again in our church building to worship you the only true god and jesus christ whom you have sent to be the propitiation for our sins father we pray for Rini's friend chris she sounds to be in a terrible way in the icu at nobles hospital It's an awful situation to to have so much pain in your body and and, and potentially to die um, without Jesus. We pray for her, Father. We pray that whether she lives or dies, uh, that she would come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ even today, Lord God, that she would know Jesus as her saviour from sin and that she would trust everything to him and that she would have that Peace that passes all understanding and even in her pain in that uh, icu bed that she would rejoice exceedingly in her great god and savior jesus christ we pray father also for richard and ross who are looking for work we pray father that you would lead them to the the jobs that would glorify you and that uh, you would um help them in their search at this time and that they would look to you uh, in this quest we pray father concerning what we've been considering tonight uh, in your word concerning king jehoram and the the fact that he did evil in your sight worshipping idols being influenced by ungodly an ungodly wife an ungodly mother-in-law an ungodly father-in-law pray father that we would not be influenced by this world by ungodly friends by ungodly family but that at all times we would keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus and that with the Holy Spirit working in us that we would indeed do that which is pleasing in your sight and that we would glorify you as sinners saved by grace, as born-again Christians, as priests of the Most High God, sprinkled with the blood of Jesus and clothed in his perfect righteousness. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.